This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Thursday, the 9th of November. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Keith Kam. Now, in half an hour, we're going to discuss the trends impacting the outlook for the global insurance industry. But as always, we're going to kickstart this morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. Uh, on Wall Street, the uh, the mar- markets generally closed flat-ish. Uh, the Dow Jones was down 0.1%. The S&P 500 was up 0.1%. But a gain is still a gain. So it's eighth straight day of gains for the S&P 500. It's the longest streak in two years. The Nasdaq was up 0.1%. Earlier in the day, it was a red day for Asian markets. Japan's Nikkei was down 0.3%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng fell 0.6%. Shanghai's Composite was down 0.2%. And the STI was down 1.4%. The FBM KLCI closed 0.4% lower yesterday. So for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence. Tony, good morning. Always good to have you. So we do see U.S. stocks have resumed their upward trend in hopes that this current cycle of rate hikes by the Fed is near an end. Are these green shoots pointing to a sustainable rally in equities, or do you see this as more of a dead cat bounce? Uh, well, I think as far as the, um, the number of green days closing, I think we'll take the win. It's, it's nice to see that um, after the few months we've had. I think we're heading in more of a range trade until we get a good view of where things are headed. So you can look at the kind of implied pivot that the Fed has made, and you can make that assumption. Um, and you can also look at where energy prices are and say, wow, oil prices are are falling. Mm. The Fed is potentially easing. That's, you know, that's great for equities. Um, but we're looking at corporate pro- profits that were kind of mediocre this quarter, given where GDP growth was in Q3. So if earnings don't begin to break out, and if we don't have an actual move on rate cuts, then equities may stall out. Can we just take a look at this earnings quarter so far, Tony? What have been the standouts for you? And you know, which sectors do you, or stocks do you see outperforming versus the laggards, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Angie's had a tough time. I think, um, you know, we've seen some great tech earnings. But again, this is, if we look at it on a relative basis, um, you know, it, things are not necessarily accelerating as much as they had been. And so what my concern is about really is the deterioration of earnings. It's, you know, these these um, earnings surprises, I think, at average, they were 6% or something. But when you have, say, a nominal GDP that's at 8%, um, they're not even really keeping up with the rate of inflation. So, um, you know, we can look across sectors and say sector A was good, sector B was bad. But if they're not keeping up with that 8% nominal GDP growth, then we have to really discount the impact of that, that earnings growth. Tony, um, what I've been what I've been no- noticing is that uh, we've been looking at uh, you know consecutive days of gains going to seven, eight days, and uh, it's been a long time since we've been able to 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 see something like that. I forget how that felt. What are you expecting in terms of of uh, the U.S. economy next year? Because I think a lot of people are expecting uh, things to be a lot better. Hence the 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 the, the, the winning streak. Yeah, I. I... I don't know that things will be a lot better. I think people are looking for things to be good enough, right? So if we keep the wage gains that we've got over the past couple of years and we start to see disinflation, 
and we continue to see energy prices moderate, um, if we could get mortgage rates down just a little bit more, we could be in a real sweet spot. I mean, look, when they started, when people started talking about a soft landing for the Fed, a lot of people just a big eye roll and nobody really mm. thought they could do this. But, you know, the, the two 75 basis point rate hikes they had over a year ago, I, I think they did shock the system a little bit. And then they've been very persistent in um, in continuing with those. And so I, I do think that it it might actually be possible to have a soft landing, which would be great. And a soft landing is just a victory for everybody. The real the real problem I have, a real question I have, is about valuation expansion. Okay, so would we continue to see valuation expansion, and would we be able to get margin expansion for manufacturing and services companies if we don't have underlying inflation? Uh, and the the uh, implied pricing power or inferred pricing power from big companies, because people have really accepted a lot of price rises over the past couple of years, a lot, and they're really tiring of it. So, so there's uh, there's what's your prognosis for a for a Christmas rally, a year end rally, so to speak? I mean, uh, some of the analysts that I've that, that I've read uh, seem to be in favor of something like that happening. Yeah, I I, I kind of think we're seeing it now. I. I suspect the further we get into Q4, um, you know, we may realize that, you know, it's not Q3 all over again, which was a great GDP print. Um, if you look at things like um, trucking employment and trucking activity in the U.S., it's way down. OK, and so that tells me that there is not necessarily the demand uh, that people saw in previous quarters. So, of course, there are other indicators we can look at, but I think things like trucking really tell us that we're losing momentum on the growth that we saw in previous quarters and previous years. Mm. And speaking of demand and growth, I do want to turn our attention to the energy energy prices because we are seeing, as you've mentioned, uh, oil prices come down. I think this morning Brent crude is actually trading below 80 US dollars per barrel. WTI is trading at 75 US dollars. Um, some say that this is due to weak growth of the Chinese economy, but is that the main or only? reason? What are the factors at play that you see that's going to affect energy prices moving forward? Yeah, I don't think it's only China. Of course, people are looking at China, they're looking at Chinese exports, they're looking at expectations for um, for economic growth. But I think, again, I think people are looking at U.S. growth and they're looking at things like that trucking indicator I talked about and saying, oh gosh, you know, we really are slowing down. Um, interest rates really are hurting people's ability to build credit. Um Small and mid-sized companies, the borrowing costs for small and mid-sized companies in the U.S. Uh, is are in the double digits. If you want to get a small or medium-sized business loan, you're looking at 12% or something. So, so really, the, the brakes are being put on consumption. And I, I think that's really what people are looking at with uh, the crude prices. And it, it's really interesting to me that uh, the U.S. is getting to a place where they really have to start refilling the SPR and we're seeing these cruise prices kind of mashed down, which is, I, I guess, really fortunate for the U.S. Department of Energy as they start to fill that up. Mm. Tony, I just want to turn, uh, turn your attention to pick your brains a little bit on on um, gold prices. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it, we saw it uh, hit above $2,000 uh, just a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's it's now just uh, just below 2000 and it's hit $1,600 at, at one point at, uh, during the year, one of its lowest. And some of the, some of the analyst reports that I've read is that uh, when we should actually buy on dips when it comes to gold. What's your prognosis on this? 
Yeah, it's not really. That's not really my view. Um, gold got pretty hammered during U.S. trading today. So um, it touched two thousand dollars for a day or two, I think, in October. But it's pretty much been in retreat since. The dollar has been rising since November first, and commodities as we talked about crude, and we're looking at gold. Commodities have been have really taken a hit with a an appreciating dollar. So with the Fed undertaking quantitative tightening. While interest rates remain high, it's hard to see an environment where gold is sustainably over $2,000. So we would have to see some sort of QE or stopping of QT or an actual pivot or something. Um, but we expect real downside for gold prices in November and December. That's baked into our forecast. So um, so we don't see gold hitting 2000 on a sustainable basis anytime before the end of the year. Tony, thanks as always for the chat. That was Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead, weighing in there on whether the Fed is actually managing to navigate that soft landing that we've been talking about all this year, right? Is it going to be soft or hard? And there is the possibility of a soft landing, but so many factors come into play really from now until whenever that happens. But that seems to be what uh, traders have been have been banking on uh, the, the past couple of uh the past week, actually, when you look at how the stock market has been, Wall Street has been performing, um, that soft land landing as well as the scaling back of the of, of Fed tightening as well. Uh, yeah, but I, I kind of picked up on the fact that he said that gold at above $2,000 is, you know, a bit o- overbought. <laughs> <laughs> it is currently trading at 1900 and. 51 US dollars per ounce this morning. Uh, We'll be following to see how that tracks for the rest of the morning. But let's turn our attention to some of the earnings report. There have been a lot of uh, companies that uh, reported this morning. Starting off with Disney, the world's largest entertainment company, they reported quarterly results that actually beat analyst expectations. Earnings grew to 82 cents a share, uh, beating the 69 cent average of analyst estimates. Uh, And this was thanks in part to profit at ESPN Plus as well as the growth at the Park. So everyone who's been visiting Disneyland or Disney World around the world, uh, they've actually been contributing to this impressive bottom line. So this uh, 100-year-old company, actually, it's, it celebrated its centenary this year. Its revenue grew 5.4% to $21.2 billion. That's below estimates of $21.4 billion. Uh, no thanks to a decline in ad revenue. On top of the better-than-expected Q4 earnings, it will seek an additional $2 billion US dollars in cost savings from $5.5 billion US dollars to seven and and a half billion. Interestingly, their their streaming business actually lost $387 million in the quarter, down sharply from the $1.47 billion loss a year year ago. Uh, I I guess you you could say that the competition in that space is really, really intense with uh, so many services coming up. Indeed. And I think these earnings are particularly significant for Bob Iger. He did come back a year ago to turn the company around. I think the jury is still out on whether Mm. he's actually managed to do that because because while profits may be up, we do see that in terms of streaming, in terms of TV networks, there's still a lot of decisions uh, that are left on the table. I think uh, Disney is also looking about its uh, presence in India, how they're looking to whether maintain that or pull out. Uh, and he, he's also got uh, activist investors uh, coming up against him in the boardroom. So I think a lot of different calculations playing out for Bob Iger when it comes to Disney. Definitely a story to watch moving forward. Can we quickly cover um, Arm? Because uh, semiconductor company Arm Holdings delivered its 
first earnings report since its IPO in September 2023, and it provided a sales forecast below Wall Street estimates. And this is because the company is dealing with a slump in smartphone sales and also uncertain timing for new licensing deals. So in the just-ended Q2, revenue grew 28% to $806 million, topping the $747 million estimate. Licensing sales rose by 106% year-on-year to $388 million last quarter. Royalty revenue declined by 5% to $418 million. That's just short of the predicted $429 million. So I'm taking a look at uh, how ARM is looking like in terms of its stock price at the moment. ARM is currently Trading at uh, 54 US dollars and 40 cents, it is down 1.6%. If we take a look at how analysts are viewing this stock, don't forget this was a really huge IPO earlier this year. I think they still like it. There are 19 uh, buys, 8 holds, and 2 sells for ARM. Uh, consensus target price is $61.25. Last price, as mentioned, 54 US dollars and 40 cents. Uh, it's 7.19 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to look at uh, more news from the newspapers and uh, portals this morning. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.